0: I'm here talking to Kendall. I'm here talking to Annie. Kendall's story. I'm talking about the murder of Anne-Marie Fahey. Content warnings are domestic violence, eating disorders, and brothers protecting brothers. Sources are in the show notes. Everything is alleged, but this is definitely Tell No One. Enjoy! Okay, another Anne Rule special. Simple as I can say it, I am just... Up to my ears with men killing women. So we're talking about the disappearance slash murder of Anne-Marie Fahey. Anne-Marie Sinead Fahey. So she is a Irish queen. She's got the curly red hair. Okay. Ish, reddish. She lives in Delaware. Um, Her mother died when she was nine, which is sad, of lung cancer. She had five older siblings, Irish Catholics. Got it. Her father... After their mom's death just spiraled into alcoholism, really. Um, Irish Catholic. Right. <laughs> right. I can um, say that. I can say that. <laughs> she was very, she turned into a very resilient and independent gal because, I mean, it was You hell, gotta be. It was hell in there. Um, she was what the younger sister and her older siblings would take care of her, but like they were kids too, you know? Yeah. So they were often without electricity, water. Fuck. Um, their telephone was cut off for over a year at one point. She would take her hot showers at the school. Um, oh And gym class. What year are we in? About she graduates high school in eighty four. Oh, okay, okay. So late seventies, early eighties. Okay, we got no running water. We got no electricity. Damn. So okay. when she was twelve, her father remarried, and she was pretty excited to have like a stepmom. Yeah, to be like clean a grown this up place up. Around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the marriage only lasted a few months. Um, Basically, I think the dad lied to the new stepmom, being like, "I'm actually a good guy," and she found out he was in fact not. He's the bum. Right. So they divorced after a few months. The house reverted back to horrible insecurity. I mean, like, how would you, if you were that woman, come into that home with five children and be like, I'm sorry, you haven't been paying bills, brother? Yeah. Yeah, And she had two kids of her own. No, I'm not moving them in here. Sad. Hell. So Anne-Marie really wanted to hide that from other people. So like people at school, her friends had no idea this was really going on at home. Sure. Um, When she was 14, her home was foreclosed and a family that she babysat for asked her to move in with them. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. She confided like in her grandma about that. And her grandma was like, you might as well sister. Yeah, I would. Yeah. And she must be very, um, I mean, lovable for them to be like, move into our home, become a part of our family. And so because of that, she did not want to be a burden on them. So she would really not make a mess anywhere she went. Um, She would, be nervous to eat too much food she felt like it was very conditional well yeah she's like i they're being they're doing a nice thing for me i don't want to like eat them out of house and home yeah i think that that is normal like if you feel like i might be imposing here right you mind your p's and q's even if they didn't make her feel that way right i doubt they did but she just um, yeah of course yeah she developed anorexia at this time mm. um not really sure if that was a result of, cause she didn't really want to eat um, yeah. for the money purpose. And then it might've just spiraled into something else. I mean, again, speaking from like not a place of total ignorance on the issue. <laughs> yeah. It is like, there's something about control there. Obviously like so much of her little life is not in her control and it doesn't feel like ups to have control over it either. Right. And her dad would call her fat. So, <laughs> okay, cool. So like a really great storm of like logistically, I'm afraid to eat food. Cause right. we don't have a lot of money I'm being called fat. Right. And what can I control in my life? I can't control my home. Right. How, if I have like electricity that day. Right. But I can control like my body. Right. Perfect storm. Yeah. And she's a tall gal. She's like 5'10". Love that. You love that. Kind of. <laughs> I love that. Just <laughs> I, So I love her. I empathize with her and Paris Hilton as a big feet galleys. As big feet. I knew it was about the feet. <laughs> When she was a senior in high school, her brothers, her older brothers had bought a house together and they were like, live with us. And so she's like, okay. This is really sweet. (laughs) I know. These like siblings trying to make this shit work. I know. Trying to keep that ship afloat. I know. They're really like, we're out here. Yeah. But again, back when you could buy a home back when you could her dad ended up dying of leukemia in 1986 leukemia i didn't see that coming i know i saw other things coming right her older brother is quoted as saying the six children uh six children had to figure our own way out yeah for sure um she graduated high school in 1984 and was accepted to wesley college in dover Mm -hmm. and she was working as a waitress let's okay. segue over to a man named tom capano i forgot she was gonna die yeah. i'm livid okay? i'm not just like telling you a fun story. i know story. but i forgot yeah. I, for- I don't know i forgot <laughs> okay tom 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 did not grow up in this environment tom had a little silver spoon you fucking kidding me no his dad built himself up but he was born wealthy he was reaping those benefits if you know what i mean when rich men kill when rich men kill <laughs> What is the, uh, the movie you made me watch? Kendall loves old movies and sometimes... Not makes me watch, but sometimes I will spend some time watching. The one about the... Fall um... asleep watching? <laughs> That's okay. the character we're dealing with. No, the one about the... um Oh, um... the rope. The rope. Yeah. When guys like that kill... Well, Leopold and Loeb. A Leopold stuff. and Loeb vibe, yeah. yeah, just for fun, yeah. Okay, T- okay. Tom Capano, <laughs> his father built up most of North Wilmington, and like they had streets named after them. Like there was a street, like a Thomas Street, named after him. Okay. um Is Wilmington the capital of Delaware? Dover. Dover. Dover I'm was. a fool. I'm a fool. I'm a fool. But Wilmington is like where the magic happens. <laughs> So Tom met his wife, Kay, at Boston College. He went on to law school. Mm -hmm. They get married in 1972. He is older than um, our dear Anne-Marie here. Yeah. His dad, Louis, was very proud of Tom. He was like his golden child because he himself hadn't gone to college. So he was very proud that his son had become a lawyer. Sure. And who a fucking f- wouldn't be. Right. And there's a few other brothers and they are not as, you know, elite as Tom was. So he was the favorite. Sure. They don't have like clear markers of success. Right. Yeah. Like I did it, Daddy. Like I went to law school. Well, his brother Jerry was in trouble with the law a lot for like drugs and stuff. Okay. And then Louis Lewis Junior was pretty successful, but he had some law problems, legal problems when he was like trying to bribe city like zoners sure because he ran a construction company so he'd like pay them off to be like yeah build this thing zoning issues right so (laughs) tom's parents support them while he's in college and paid his tuition he him and his wife yeah okay um he graduated from law school in 1974 um they moved back to delaware from boston and he eventually became a prosecutor for the delaware attorney general's office um so far so good tom Right in the nineteen eighties, Kay and Tom had four kids, and his father still paid his bills most of the time. Kay is such a waspy name; it's I Kathleen. kind of can't believe it. Anyway, cool. They have a family, but his dad is still. How do you need your dad if you're a prosecutor? Like, how he do you didn't. need it? He, he, I think he was just like, "I'll pay your bills, Tom." I mean, maybe because like I know you're doing so well. Yeah, and he was a prosecutor a little... for the state, so he wasn't, like, making a lot of money. Okay. Yet. He he goes into private practice, but for the most time, he was a public defender for a while, so he wasn't, like, making buku bucks. Not yet. He does, okay. eventually, but yeah. So, gosh, I'm having fun. Where the hell did I put that? No, this can't be. We've misplaced something. We've misplaced something. So Anne Marie gets a job working for the governor of Delaware as his scheduling secretary. Oh God, I can. This is going to be a Chepkwiti vibe. Mm. Mm. Okay, <laughs> no spoiler. Okay. <laughs> um, so Tom met Anne Marie when she was working with the governor. She was twenty eight, and they would just, you know, be in similar circles almost. Yeah. Um, Tom had been having a fifteen-year affair with a colleague's wife, Debbie McIntyre. Boy. who was also friends with his wife, Kay. Yeah. Um, but he was still into Anne Marie. Um, and he was rumored to have had affairs with at least eight women up until this point. All women who, like, came through his office. I don't know how he... I don't know. I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he did it. <laughs> but, like, of course he is. Right. So, again, like, the expectations for men are simply so low. So this is the kind of guy we're working with Yeah, yet. he's All a right. shithead. But he's also, like, a mover and shaker in, in Delaware. Like, people know of him. He's uh, so. Thomas Ravenel. Yeah, he fucking is. <laughs> he's okay, exactly cool. that. Perfect. Okay. That's just so my mom could put it into context. Yeah, like, guys, mom, but my mom, mom, too. It is like if Thomas Ravenel were in the story. They okay. would. I go. Both went, <gasps> Catherine, run. Anne Marie's friend Jill was with Anne-Marie when she first met Tom in April 1993 Um, it was at the fundraiser for Women's Democratic Club. Kay um has was planning on going, but she had gotten sick, so she sent Tom to like represent their family instead. Sure. Great idea. Send him to the, the ladies' lair. I know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Tom is 43. He talked to Anne-Marie and Jill, and he was very charming. And he I'm was, sure he is fucking charming. Yeah, he was an important guy in town. Like, they, she was flattered, of course. Can I look him up, see what he looks like? No. Okay. He would stop by her desk um, when he was, like, in the governor's building. Uh-huh. Um, and they would start going on, like, lunches. Uh-huh. So Jill's like, okay, Anne-Marie, you're going on lunches, whatever. But then that fall... Anne-Marie tells Jill, we're actually going out to dinner. And Jill's like, that's a step too far. That is, you know what? J. Howard Marshall yep. taught me that lunches are one thing. Dinners are Disrespectful. different story. <laughs> different story. So Jill's like, so, okay, how to go? And she's like, okay, we did kiss. Okay. Anne-Marie is keeping a diary and she writes, I'm madly in love with him. But she also has some guilt because she does, of course, know that he's married. And she's Catholic. Marriages have no end. Right. But also, like, I mean, this is, like, obvious, but the onus is so on him. Of course. To keep his relationships appropriate with other women. Of course. You know? So they are having this affair. Months pass. She's kind of waffling. She's having doubts. She's feeling guilty. And she's also thinking, like, is this the life I want for myself? Like, is he going to leave his wife? Like, am I just going to be a mistress forever? Where does this go? Right. So she, in 1994, she starts seeing a psychologist um, who her brother pays for, which is just sweet. Yeah, that is sweet. The therapist becomes her quote best friend, mentor, the man with the greatest smile, she wrote in her diary. Oh my god. I know also, oh, like a father. Right. But in 1995, the therapist died in a car crash. No. I know. By no. the end of that year, she, her bulimia had developed and her weight had plummeted. Yeah. So she's trying to break it off with Capano, but he, I mean, he was a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, but he's a bad guy. She had confided in him about like her fears, her guilt for the affair, <sighs> her eating disorders. Yeah. And and just weapons for him to use against her now. The cool. fact that she saw a therapist which was just stigmatized then and now. Um, mm-hmm. that she was on Prozac um, and he would pay for some stuff for her. Like sometimes he would just like pay her bills. And she was, she's like, he, he knows too much about me. Like he has too much power over me. He's got a lot on me. Right. Yeah. And he's already a powerful, powerful person. Right. Yeah. And he is not a kind of guy like he's willing to use it too. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not going to let me go just like, well, I wish you the best hun. No, no, no. He would call her several times throughout the day, send her flowers, excessive emails to try to wear her down. Oh, I um, don't want to be wearing people down. Right. He would tell her he needed her, that he was leaving his family for her. But then he would come and sit and demand that she give him back every gift he ever gave her. Like, yeah. Like if he's not getting his way, he becomes fucking spiteful. Cla- yeah. Yeah. Which is like, oh, you're actually a scary, petty guy. Yeah. Like he'd give her money and then be like, you owe me this money back. Like just strings, okay. strings, strings. Yeah. Horrible. strings. Horrible for her. Yeah. Like the, Im- the implicit string of like, you have to be with me. And keep having sex with me. Yeah. Or you owe me that money back. Yeah. Oh, you're cracked, dude. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, he's still with Debbie, though. Like, he's still having an affair with Debbie. And like, maybe another woman. Yeah. Okay, you gotta leave me alone. And K, You gotta leave me alone. Yeah! Wow, how does he have the fucking time? time? I don't know. Men find the fucking time. If he wanted, he <laughs> would, you know what I mean? Okay. In late 1995, Anne-Marie meets a single eligible bachelor named Michael Scanlon, and she's like, this is it. So sue me, I found an eligible bachelor. Yeah, and she's like, he's single, he's like closer to my age. Age, like we could actually have a life. Like, yeah. why am I with this old bag? He's like a real prospect. I think real he's guy. got money too. Cool. Yeah. Oh fuck, this is not good. I know. So later, Anne Marie's therapist, new one, says that that she was trying to let Tom down easy. You know, she's like, I can't have this be contentious because he will burn it down. Yeah. You know, and I have to placate him. He's like a baby. Yeah. Been there. Kendall's been there. Like you got to answer. <laughs> You gotta answer them. Or you're like they'll kill. Kill <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, or they'll they'll embarrass you. They'll they'll tell people things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that she feels like she has to make sure we end we end amicably. Yeah. Or he'll blow up my life. Right. Because he kinda can. Little do we know in that moment that he'll do it anyway. Yeah. I mean, like, the thing is, if he's so unstable, like, there's kind of nothing you can do. Yeah. But I understand her being like, let me try minimize to Minimize the, the, yeah, the damage. I mean, Minimize the fallout. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's har- making harassing phone calls to her. Oh my god, dude. You have a job and two families. Yeah. <laughs> Showing up to her house, demanding back the gifts, of course. At one point, he climbed up her fire escape and broke into her own apartment. Oh. Yeah, to me, we, that, we reached a different level then. Yeah, she's starting to get Get actually fearful at this point yeah because like him showing up is scary yes but walking in your apartment and he's in your apartment yeah. is fucking scarier Ugh. it's thursday june 27th 1996 and Anne marie agreed to have dinner with tom in one of their favorite restaurants in philadelphia mm-hmm. um the waitress later says that they did not look happy uh yeah there was no like little small talk like tense at the table yeah She, um, I'm like chained to the chair. (laughs) Yeah. She noted that Anne Marie almost didn't eat anything, put it all in a to go box. Yeah. Um, They left and returned to Capano's home, and she would never be seen again. Okay. By June 30th, her family is ready to report her as a missing person. Her fucking brothers are like, hello. Right. right. She was scheduled to have like a date with Mike and didn't show up. And they're like, she would never stand up. Mike, she fucking loves she Mike. She loves Mike, dude. Right. So they're like, oh, God. So her date with Tom was on Thursday. And yeah. now this is Sunday, Saturday. This is Saturday evening. This is yeah. Saturday. Okay. Um, Her family calls her friends Jill and Ginny and they call their land um, Anne Marie's landlady and they're like have you seen her mm-hmm. um she's like no i haven't seen her but like she's not super loud any- like i might not have noticed her if she was here anyway she could be in her apartment right now and she's right. she's like quiet in there right the landlady um unlocks the door to her apartment she was not there but her car was yeah they call the police the police are like um whatever they don't really (laughs) yeah they're like do you want to like come down and talk about this and they're like whatever i mean i guess like she's an adult person yeah so her not answering her family's phone calls is like she's allowed to not do that right but her landlord being worried is like okay then i'm worried right so her sister kathleen and mike go over to the apartment to meet everyone who's there Mm -hmm. her bed was not made in her usual way it looked like had been like draped over Like Like a man made the bed Because it looks like shit Yes She was a very um, Very meticulous Like cleaner She Because I was I think that like came through from her childhood, try not to impose or, like, make a mess. Yeah, so make your very bed clean. behind you, that kind of thing. Very, very tidy, clean. Her friends actually called her Anal Annie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, th- the kitchen stunk of rotten food. Um, there was, like, rotting fruit on the counter, and they're, like, literally Anne-Marie would take the trash out every single time she left her apartment, because she couldn't stand trash in her apartment. Yeah. This is not right. Th- the state of things, it would never happen if she were here. Right. If she were okay. If she thought she was like leaving. You know what I mean? Oh, you mean like if she had taken the weekend away? Right. She would have like made her bed. Right. And not left rotting. Taken out the trash. Yeah. Okay, cool. And her purse and wallet were there. Okay, so I'm a missing person. (laughs) (laughs) Her date book was there, but her keys were gone. But her car was there. Okay. So what they're saying is like she's not here, but she didn't leave by herself because she would need her fucking car and all her stuff. Someone had to take her somewhere that had their wallet with them. (laughs) (laughs) Someone has to have a wallet with them. We need ID. So Sunday, a little after midnight. So just that night, further that night, they call the police again Mm -hmm. and they're taking it more seriously. Now Mm -hmm. her sister Kathleen is like, hate to do it, but it's time to look in her diary. So she finds, she's looking through her drawers and she finds like mementos from her dates with Mike. So like, Concert stuff Like ticket (laughs) stuff But she also finds An envelope that says Anne-Marie Fahey Personal and confidential Oh god What the hell So she opens that up And it's filled with These letters From someone That's not signed One of the letters Ends with All I want to do Is to make you happy And be with you And there's a bunch Of other like love notes Not signed But they're all On the letterhead From the desk Of Thomas Capano And her family Had no idea She was seeing this guy (sighs) Oh, what is her friend's name again? Jill. Jill, Jill kind of knew. Yeah, but Jill knows. So Jill, speak up with the info. Right. No sign of a struggle or anything in the apartment. They le- read her diary. They learn more about the affair. He had recently left his wife. Still not to go with Debbie though. Debbie, girl. <laughs> Debbie had left her husband, and they are still not together. Debbie. Debbie God, God love you. He's the biggest loser in this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> the final diary entry said I have finally brought closure to Tom Capano what a controlling manipulative insecure jealous maniac wow now that I look back on this aspect of my life I realized just how vulnerable I had become wow I know she sees him really clearly yeah the whole like controlling thing. I mean, obviously, like him showing up and breaking in is fucking scary. Yeah. But he must have, like, throughout their relationship, displayed those qualities yeah. too for her to. Well, she had been trying it like that. to break up with him for like six months at this point. Okay. What is the. I'm tri- not trying to break up with someone. You are. Right. Or you, you are? You are? You are. <laughs> <laughs> so they look through like her accounts and stuff. They see a string of emails from him, like, be- you know, harassing her because she had yeah. been like trying to end it. At one point, he told Anne-Marie that his daughter is scheduled for brain surgery and is like, I just need you as a friend. Like, will you go to the hospital with me? No. And she was like, what are you talking about? And like, "That your wife will be there, right. huh? Yeah. She's like, that's inappropriate. I'm not yeah. doing that. And of course, that wasn't true anyway. Well, lying about... Medical issues been there. <laughs> again yeah i had a an ex-boyfriend tell me he was dying of lung cancer and i heard like the the voice notes they were very jarring and to like rush to his bedside he told you he got shot too (laughs) remember well and then it was like well shot at (laughs) (laughs) either way he had like leukemia what was it cancer Oh, my God. He He got lung (laughs) cancer because the stress of me leaving made him pick up smoking. And three months later, he was dying Dying. of, like, stage four lung lung cancer. cancer. Yeah, he had three months to live six years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, fucking spoiler, he's fine. He's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So they be doing that. Yeah, this whole time, he's still with Debbie and another woman. Okay. Okay. You mean his wife? No, he him and his wife had been separated, but another woman now. Oh. But he's still not moving in with Debbie. Like, Debbie, cut your losses. It's been 15 years. He had been repeatedly asking Anne-Marie to go to dinner, and she kept saying no, but she relented on June 27th. Yeah. Tom was interviewed after she was reported missing, and he had admitted that they had gone to dinner and returned to his house, but he says he drove her home, hasn't seen her since. Okay, Tom. Okay, Tom. You never lie in your life. (laughs) You've never lied. He then, of course, hired a team of lawyers. Mm. He just said he wanted to avoid a scandal. But he quickly became the primary suspect and he was very well connected. So it wasn't looking good for anybody. But she was also an employee of the governor. So Mm. that got a lot of media attention. President Bill Clinton actually offered help, like assistance in looking for her. So they search his financial records and they find a receipt from a place called Wallpaper Warehouse. A cop (laughs) calls the number on the receipt and a person answered and said, airbase carpet. And they're like, wait, what? So Uh apparently, Airbase Carpet was a subsidiary of Wallpaper Warehouse. um, But this raises suspicions that he had gotten rid of his carpet. Yeah, he essentially has a receipt to like new carpet to let yeah to like bleach and clean your whole life through. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Uh, uh, They interviewed Tom's housekeeper, and she said that the carpet had been replaced. Okay, I'm really nervous. Yeah, they found tiny spots of blood on his baseboards. Um, but the thing is, because Anne Marie was so clean, they could not find any DNA in her apartment to compare it to till like much later. Anne Marie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you played yourself. Yeah. Well, T- can't we? Sorry, I'm literally dumb, but can't we like compare it to like her siblings? What can we do here? Uh, they eventually do compare it to something and it, it does turn out to be her blood. Yeah. Um, well, I know that. And you know that, but. It's just been, it was delayed. Um, Usually they can just like swab your toothbrush, I thought, but it's also 90s. Sure. They might have needed more. Sure. Tips start rolling in. So as I said, the Capano family is a big family in Delaware and they had a Capano and Sons construction company. An employee ended up calling the police saying on July 1st, he got a call from a fellow employee telling him that he needed to have the dumpsters emptied. Oh fuck you. And he remarked to Louis Capano the Third that it was not the regular day for the trash to be taken out and that they were only halfway full. Like, why are we doing this? Yep. Louis Capano the third called his father, Louis Capano the Second, Tom's brother, and he was like, Don't ask him about this on the phone, hang up right now. Oh. So fuck. they're just like, All right, and the dumpsters were emptied. The police suspected maybe her body was in one of the dumpsters, obviously, or at least the carpet. Yeah, sure. Um, Police search the landfill and they find nothing, but they continue to interview people who knew Anne-Marie and Tom. Mm. Friends say that six weeks before her disappearance, Tom had climbed the fire escape Mm. and raged out at her. He had once grabbed her by the neck, called her a slut and a bitch. Grabbed her by the neck. Yeah. Probably going to kill you then. Probably going to kill you then. A year and a half passes since her disappearance, and a grand jury is impaneled to think about the fact maybe we should charge Tom with murder. I'm going to introduce an idea. You guys (laughs) mull it over. (laughs) And Miss Debbie McIntyre is called to testify, and she sheds light- She better bring the info. ...on a possible murder weapon, all right? Okay, okay. So she's such a- (sighs) I know it's not her fault, it's Tom's fault, but she helped. <laughs> spring of 96, Tom calls his Lady D to ask her for a favor. But he didn't say what it was. He was just like, I need to ask you a favor soon. And where she was where like, are we in time? Spring of 96. Before Anne-Marie went missing. Yeah deb if you helped him plan this shit bitch i swear to god so he asks her again in april but he's more specific he's like i want you to buy a gun for me Uh uh-huh why am i buying a gun for you you can buy a gun you can buy a gun you can buy a gun he says someone is trying to extort me i just want to like threaten them with it um then you buy the gun (laughs) she's like um i don't know why do you need a like Traceless gun. <laughs> right, right, right. She's like, I don't know about that. And he's like, but I'm also concerned about your safety. You know, crime rates are up. Like, you just might need one for your own safety. Okay. All right, Tom. He never said why he couldn't buy it himself or who exactly was extorting him, but people suspect that he wanted her to buy it. So if things were to come out, it would be her. He, it would he be traced to her. A gun. Yeah. She purchased one. You know what I mean? Oh my God. And he could make it look like she got jealous. Yeah, yeah deb you're being played in a ba- major way <laughs> <laughs> you're being played like i've never seen anybody played in my life deb no um so deb fucking walks, saunters on up to the hunting section of a fucking dick sporting goods or whatever yeah and makes the mistake of standing in line and be like i'm buying this for a friend and he was like ma'am you, you cannot can't. do that <laughs> get out so she's like oh i'm embarrassed <laughs> <laughs> i'm embarrassed i'm embarrassed <laughs> So another month passes and T's like, T. Another month. That's my notes. (laughs) (laughs) Our man T. (laughs) Another man, another month passes and Tom takes Debbie Debbie to Washington, D.C. And like parks outside of a gun place and asks her to go in and buy a gun. Okay. He is like insisting she buys him a gun. And she's like, I'll try again. (laughs) She was nervous again, but wasn't it completed yet. She ended up buying a 22 caliber Beretta revolver and a box of bullets. Wow. She, like, went back into the car and was like, I'm really nervous. I'm, like, breaking the law. He's like, don't be precious. And takes her out to lunch. Okay, man. Goes without saying. Why can we walk in? Why can Deb buy a gun? I know. The bitch knows nothing. The bitch knows nothing. That's me, like... (laughs) Like uh, (laughs) this sucks. This sucks. She should have to do a lot more than that. I mean, fucking obviously, fucking obviously. So this is what she says happened on the day of her of Anne Marie's disappearance. My gun went missing. Debbie and Tom. No, she gave it to Tom that day and never saw it again. Debbie, baby, come on. The morning of June 27th, the day that Anne-Marie went missing, Debbie and Tom had their usual 9.30 a.m. chat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate these two. Um, she didn't hear from him again until 5 p.m. when he told her that he had a business meeting in Philadelphia. We obviously know that he was meeting Anne-Marie. She called um, his house at 10.30. He did not answer, but he called her back between sometime between 11.30 and 12.30. She said he sounded tired, but normal. Debbie told investigators that she didn't know that he was actually meeting Anne-Marie until the following week when she found out. Yeah. But she was certain he had nothing to do with it. You feel certain? Tom told her that he had spilled wine on the carpet and sofa. That's why he had to throw them literally in the trash. He had to immediately have new carpet installed. <laughs> to hell with them. To fuck these. I'm not even going to try Clorox. He has um, a housekeeper. Yeah. He'd be like, uh, fucking clean that. Also, Debbie remembered seeing a hole in his wall in the living room. hole in the wall? From like a fucking bullet? A little hole in the wall. A little bullet hole in the wall. The police did not get much information from the hole and can't really do much with it. Um, Well, I can look at it and tell you it's a bullet hole. My eyes? Well, I have eyes, boys. (laughs) That is a bullet hole. (laughs) The day after Anne-Marie vanished, Tom was with his brother Jerry, the fuck up, for a majority of the day. Police are like, all right, we think the brothers know things. I do, too. And you know what? The brothers always know, huh? Mm -hmm. They always know what their weird, murderous brother has done. Yeah. Even even if they don't fucking do it themselves, the Lafferty's. Yeah. Brothers. They they fucking help brothers. (laughs) (laughs) So they're like, our plan is we're going to put pressure on the brothers. Yeah. they'll give it up eventually yeah i would i mean look i love my brother but in a goddamn oh heartbeat God. if he killed a girl i'm the first one calling so they start putting pressure on jerry and Louie. they start putting pressure on jerry and lewis i've heard it said both ways i'm going with lewis i think lily is cuter they both had skeletons um, Lewis ends up being called before the grand jury on October eighth, nineteen ninety seven. A search warrant is issued for Jerry's house hmm. because they have reason to suspect they could find evidence of possession of cocaine with intent to distribute. They had been like surveilling him just so they had an excuse to get into his house. Basically. Sure, I was gonna say like I, they they just want to get in there, right? And they want to be like, we'll drop these if you tell us. Yeah. Um. So they found a ton of guns and illegal explosive device. Get a gun what from the Jerry. Fuck? He wanted to set up Debbie. Oh Get my fucking god! Jerry. He could have taken a gun from Jerry, yeah. but he specifically wanted Debbie to go down for the murder. Yeah, <laughs> you're not a nice. Guy. You are not a nice boyfriend. Yeah, so he's not allowed to have these things. Did you say explosives? Yes. What the fuck, Jerry? Ill- illegal explosives and drugs. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you blowing up? What are you doing? They also found out that he had bought a gun for his friend, Ed, who was a convicted felon who was not allowed to have a gun, so that is also a crime. Okay. Also, Jerry had sold his boat shortly after Anne-Marie's disappearance, but it was missing its anchor for some reason. Oh, my God. Putting the puzzle pieces together. It's adding up. It's adding up. I'm seeing a little Scott Peterson action. Right. Or...
1: Or not? not,
0: or not. I don't, <laughs> hard to say. <laughs> to say. So CPS, Children Protective Services, start looking into him too. So they're coming at him from all angles. Like, do you want your kids, Jerry? Oh, Jerry is children. Yeah. Okay, so shape up. Shape up and talk, bitch. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and he finally agrees to talk to investigators. He comes in, he's in tears. Okay. You got to give up your brother. Yeah. And it it might have sucked. It might have sucked. Yeah. He says 545 in the morning on June 28th. So the morning after their dinner, Tom had called him and said, listen, bro, someone's trying to blackmail me. I might need your boat to, quote, take care of it. He shows up at Jerry's house at 6 a.m. and said, all right, I killed someone who who was threatening my kids. So Jerry helps his brother take a large igloo cooler containing... Anne Marie's body. Oh my God. To his vacation home. They get on his fishing boat and they go out 60 miles off the Atlantic coast to a spot known for having a lot of sharks. Oh my God. They dump the cooler over the, what is it fucking called? The side of the boat. The side of the boat. (laughs) um and at this point jerry says he looks away yeah Jerry is like look am i a weird guy of course i am my killer right different thing right yeah i'm doing drugs i'm not a murderer yeah (sighs) i like guns i like when things blow up i like my cocaine problem is this very high quality expensive cooler does not sink floats it fucking floats guys so Jerry shoots holes in it with a shotgun. Still wouldn't sink. You guys are literally morons. Like the idea that and now it is like floating farther and farther away from Yeah, like, oh, oh my God, get it. Oh my God, get it. <laughs> you guys are really fucking dumb. I know. So Jerry is like, dude, I don't know. So he looks away again. Tom removes the body. <laughs> oh. Wraps it in chains and the anchor drops it overboard. That's the word. Overboard. overboard. And Jerry turns around in time to see a foot going into the water. Oh God. And that's when he knows that's when he finds out it's a woman. It is a woman. I would think that he would tell me I killed a woman. Right. But he's like too gross to tell my brother. Like it's too mean. Yeah. (laughs) And like, also I think that your brother would start to go, was she a real threat to your physical safety? This woman. I fucking doubt it. Who was trying to break up with you. You were stalking. No. I doubt it, mate. No. The cooler still in the water and just drifts away. Oh, um, they lame. loaded the couch and rug into the dumpsters and another brother, Lewis ordered the dumpsters to be emptied mm-hmm. in return for this testimony. Jerry was granted immunity. When Lewis heard about this deal, he also confesses and Lewis gets, wants a piece of the pie right, and gets immunity as well. Uh, at this point, Thomas is under 24 hour su- surveillance and was arrested on the way to the airport. Yeah. A day after his arrest, a man called the FBI saying that his friend had a cooler similar to the one described in the newspaper. Uh-huh. And it had holes in it. Uh-huh. The fisherman had found it floating in the ocean four days after Anne-Marie's body had been dumped. It was very expensive, so he kept it and repaired the holes and kept it in his garage for over a year. The investigators went and got it and it, sure enough, had lead residue around the holes and red fabric from what they believe she wore to dinner. Yep, The barcode had a lot of details about where it was purchased and manufactured, and it was sold from a sporting goods store in Wilmington, where they knew Thomas had purchased the exact kind in April, two months before Anne-Marie disappeared. Wow. The long planning. Right. I mean, even him, him with a gun with Deb. Yes. That happened a in long April. time ago. Also in April. He planned to kill her for a long fucking time. Yeah. Probably the entire time she was saying no to dinners. Yeah. Every dinner he was, he was like going to pu- kill her. That yeah. Night. Yeah. Fuck. I know. And for fucking what? He just you can't leave me. Oh my God, Classic. Tom! Shut up, Tom! Fun for the other brothers to have the tables turn like that. Like Tom's right. the golden boy now; he's in rotting in jail. Now Tom's crazy. <laughs> October 1998, his trial begins, and of course, he testified. Seems like a mistake. And what did he do? He no, blamed Debbie. You blamed Debbie. <laughs> he Kendall, blamed if Debbie. You're Debbie in that courtroom. What the fuck? He, this is what he says that happened. Okay, Debbie caught him and Anne Marie somehow. She flew into a jealous rage, tried to kill herself, but accidentally shot Anne Marie instead. Dude, what? Like missed her head and shot someone else. And else's. I shot another person in the head. He was cross-examined for four hours on the stand and it wore him down so badly that he ended up screaming and was dragged from the stand yelling and flailing. Oh my God. (laughs) When men cannot take the fucking pressure, very much a Kavanaugh vibe of like, oh, you're fucking crying. Do you like beer, Senator? (laughs) You are crying and yelling in a courtroom right now. You're fucking kidding me. Or like uh, Dominique Dunn's killer. Yeah. How he flew into a fucking rage in the courtroom. Yeah. Just a little glimpse of how unstable and erratic Especially They're in there Fighting for their lives And they can't hold it together Yeah They can't hold their like Rage And like Woe is me I'm the victim mm-hmm. Together Yeah Crazy Also while he's in jail He What? He gives a um Like a cellmate A detailed diagram Of Debbie's home And hires a hitman To kill her A hitman Hitman <laughs> kill debbie and one of the prosecutors it doesn't work obviously but yeah but like debbie has been through fucking enough 15 years for this dude 15 years for he tries to blame you for murder and then tries to have you killed Killed. by a hitman oh this is a bad relationship yeah damn debbie didn't deserve this you know of course not so this is what they kind of think happened i'll tell you if it matches what i know happened okay so they had dinner Capano drives Anne-Marie to his home, probably against her wishes, Ugh. or just cajoled her into staying to watch their favorite show together, L.A. Law. Um, I don't know. I think she's got Mike at home. She's trying to leave. Right. I don't think she's happy to be there either way. Yeah he might have suggested she changed into something more comfortable with taking off her dress because the dress that she was wearing was found at her apartment later. I'll get back to that. Okay. So she may have agreed to watch the show in peace, like to just get him to shut up or she may have been demanding to come home. We don't know, of course, but it's fairly certain that at some point he came up behind her as she sat on his sofa and shot her in the back of the head. Wow. Yeah. I mean, frankly, I'm glad she didn't like see it coming. Right. Right. He could have the minute she walked into his home been like, take your fucking dress off. Right. Waving a gun in your face. Yeah, we have no idea. We have no idea. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. Capano returns to Anne-Marie's apartment to set the scene. He places the dress that she had been wearing on a chair in her bedroom along with her shoes. Uh He had bought her a pantsuit from Talbot's um, (laughs) and the unopened box would be found in her bedroom days later. The tissue paper was still wrapped around the garment with the seal unbroken. Unbroken, um, Anne Marie probably refused to accept the gift that evening, something else that probably would have triggered his anger. Yeah. He put her purse, wallet on the kitchen counter next to her takeout food from dinner. He also left a grocery bag of fruit that later rotted, and he turned her AC on and left locking the front door behind him with her key. In January 1999, he was found guilty and convicted of her murder. He was actually sentenced to death, but in January 2006, that was overturned um, and changed to life without parole. He was found dead in his cell in 2011 at 61 from a cardiac event. He had apparently become fucking very obese in prison. Okay. I mean, like, what else is he going to do? And this whole story was outlined in the book Never Let Her Go by Anne Rule. Anne Marie has never been found. Her body, well, I'm sure the sharks got her. Yeah. I mean, the Atlantic. It's mm, never. Yeah, Yeah, never. Yeah. I kind of can't believe his brothers knew that he had killed someone. How do people fucking think that they're going to get away with that? He thinks he's so smart. Like he truly thinks he's yeah. smart. And another thing, once again, a very Susan Powell vibes is like he just thought no one would notice she was gone for a long time. Like right. no one would care enough to look. She is important to people. Yeah. You're fucking obsessed with her. Right. She's important to people. He just sees her in relation to himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Like, she's important to him because she makes him feel good about himself. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like, he doesn't see her as existing outside of her connection to him. Right. There's also, like, growing up with that kind of privilege. Yeah. I'm sure you do feel beyond reproach a little bit. A little Ravenel vibe. A little Ravenel. I am going to mention the National Domestic Violence Hotline i would be remiss to not uh that's 1-800-799-7233 you could also text start to 88788 or go to the hotline.org beautiful okay (sighs) horrible little story yeah i know yeah i mean like it's hardly within our control but do we we try don't we right we keep trying one thing about ladies we do keep trying (laughs) (laughs) you can't keep us down (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I mean, feel free to absorb that information. I had yeah. never heard of that. Yeah. As for where you heard it, tell no one. And um bye. bye.